No, we're not talking about 60 minutes. Move over YouTube and Instagram. This episode is all about TikTok. This is Beyond the Newsroom, a space for innovators, independent storytellers looking to shake things up in the world of media. I'm Crystal Chavez. And I'm Renata Sago. So, do you TikTok? I am going to teach you how to dance merengue. Stand up straight. Pretend you're holding a baby. Imagine your ass is itching. Ready, set, go. Okay, these potatoes are going to change your life. And if you don't believe me, just listen to this. They're crispy, garlicky, buttery, parmesan-y. I don't know what more you can ask for, so let's make them. Okay, so I'm going to prank my mom by making her crack an egg on her head without her knowing. TikTok, it's an obsession for millions, a mystery to others. I still wonder if I missed the boat. But some people feel that way about podcasts, so I decided to dive in by checking out an account I knew I would love. JLo's TikTok had me down a rabbit hole for a couple of hours. I thought it was so cool. We got to see her and her fiance and kids goofing off, doing dance challenges, and got to see her responding and sharing TikToks from some of her fans, just regular people. I'm a fan of the challenges. The walk challenge is my absolute favorite so far. Oh my goodness. I have done this challenge in the mirror so many times. <laughs> the dance challenges are what make TikTok. The platform reported 700 million monthly users around the world in July 2020. 200 million of those users came on board as the pandemic was spreading. For all the dancing, though, this platform has been pretty controversial. TikTok created a uniquely international platform, but it emerged onto an internet that wasn't quite ready for it. TikTok is facing a possible ban in in Australia. It's just been banned in India, the app's biggest overseas market where it's considered to be a national security threat. U.S. officials have been investigating TikTok because even though it's an American operation, it's owned by a Chinese company. And Chinese companies, by law, can't be forced to hand over personal data to the government. Now, TikTok denies all of this and insists the data is private, secure, and stored on servers in the U.S. Despite some security concerns from officials, users are hoping there won't be a ban here. Honestly, I'm still not as hooked as some others I know, and I'm mostly a consumer. I've only posted one video ever on TikTok. It was a video of my dog Kiko with a Christmas filter that made him into a reindeer with little flashing lights. <laughs> That's cute. You and a few people have been urging me to get on TikTok. I, I have. I'm on. I posted one video and it's me singing in auto tune. Whether you post just one video or thousands, you're likely to cross paths with this force of an app. You go on Instagram, you see TikTok videos. Some people actually only have their TikTok videos posted on IG. Same thing for Twitter, too. The dance and the music make the content so catchy, whatever the content is. Yes, and the algorithm is scary good. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're in a rut, hear me out. Spend a day by yourself. Mine's not even over yet, and I feel recharged. Someone I love on TikTok, in addition to Jenny from the block, 
Asia Celestino. Can I just say, first of all, the fact that you just mentioned JLo and me in the same <laughs> sentence. I know that it's just TikTok, but I feel so honored, Crystal. It's crazy. I love JLo. Okay. Y'all are my two um, top favorite accounts. Okay. Wow. Blessed. I feel so honored. Um, Celestino has about 33,000 followers on TikTok. She's a journalist, a producer, an actor, and currently an anchor for Cheddar News. Cheddar, that's the network that started out as a live streaming business news platform. Celestino does the news on TikTok. Her show's called Keep It Short, and it's mostly 15-second news headlines. She started posting on TikTok around when the pandemic started last year. I just felt like we needed to get the facts. We needed to be informed and know what was going on, but not necessarily immerse ourselves for hours on end throughout the day, hearing the same sort of thing in the echo chamber. The news is draining. The pandemic wall, the insurrection, the vaccine, protests, QAnon. I'm exhausted. Mental health experts say limit your news consumption, you know? Yeah, I've met a lot of people who, when all hell breaks loose in the world and they want peace of mind, the first thing they do is stop watching the news. But we've got to get some sort of news somehow, and that's where short videos can be helpful. For that reason, I strive to be on platforms like a TikTok or like a Reels, wherever we are on social media, because that's how we're all consuming everyday life now. So that's how we have to see our world when it comes to media and journalism. I don't, to be honest, I really don't know the culture of reels or use it. Do you? Yeah, it's great. My favorite videos are the ones of people skating while jumping rope. And some comedians have really great reels too. I mean, it's just nice to have a boost of fun and laughter while you're scrolling. So true. And then some people don't realize all the time that can go into a short video, even with like short radio spots, we did all the research, verification, sourcing, and decisions to distill something sometimes complex down to a 45 second news spot was hard, much less 15 seconds. So Celestino told me about uh, her process of creating TikTok content. You also have to plot out where you're gonna have text appear on screen, and then you actually have to film everything put it to music and edit it. I would edit within the app. So I completely did all of the production on my laptop and within the app, I didn't really use anything externally until after when I was putting it all together. And that would take eight hours. And that was for like three or four stories on TikTok per show. Now I would say one story will still take me like one or two hours at the quickest. But then there were times, you know, when something breaking happens, I could throw something together in 15 minutes. YouTubers say the same thing, you know, different platform, but those videos can be longer. You know, you've got to do the research, then you've got to have your camera a certain way, make sure you're camera ready. You know, it's a whole production, literally. But how you do your videos really depends on your audience. I mean, videos don't have to be stiff anymore. You know, it's just a new era. And she's creating for a younger audience. There's Kardashian news sprinkled in there and other pop culture references. Celestino's no stranger to catering to youth. She used to report for Channel One News, a national program for students and teachers that used to air in classrooms. 
like I still remember watching Channel One with Lisa Ling in school in the nineties. <laughs> so I felt like I had a pulse of the teen audience and what the kids were doing. But my mom was on TikTok and she's a home baker. She was using it just to like have fun and see what people were posting. And this was at the point when it was transitioning from musically to more of a larger social media audience beyond kids and teens just sort of lip syncing to music. Okay, well, what about this money thing? You hear about so many people making money on these other platforms. People are full-time influencers. On YouTube, you can get money based on subscribers, IG. You can get endorsement deals for product placements based on your followers. Right. What I really want to know is, are people making money on TikTok? Celestino says she isn't, but she's met some who have. You know, I've interviewed some of them on Cheddar who have said that TikTok has helped them to pay off things like student loans and help them to live a somewhat semblance of normal during this pandemic, especially when other work has been put on hold. A lot of people are being laid off or furloughed. Love it. All right, I'm getting my videos going as soon as we get off of here. Hold on, hold on. Let me get this going right now. (laughs) So what else did you all chat about? Actually, like the most interesting parts of our conversation were not actually about TikTok. We were venting about being journalists of color, the myth of objectivity, about our roles in in the evolving world of journalism. We've become so discerning about who is giving us information. We went through the period that coined fake news and really focusing in on media literacy. And I think there's something so powerful about being transparent with your audience and owning up to the fact that you are human and that you're experiencing a lot of these news stories as they're happening as well. And it makes you not only more relatable, but more trustworthy. And there are so many other elements here too. Like Celestino is more than a journalist. She's an entertainer. She's a creator. We're in the midst of innovative times in media. No one wants to be boxed in. Celestino used to work the entertainment circuit in L.A. years ago, interviewing celebrities. She said there were press junkets, an industry term I wasn't familiar with, but movie junkets where minority entertainment reporters would interview Black and Hispanic actors. Celestino's Asian-American, and she noticed there wasn't a junket for Asian artists. So she told me this story of how she brought this up to a powerful media woman who worked for a major production company she did not name, but she says we would know who they are. And Celestino was dismissed. I went in there and I spoke with the head of diversity and inclusion for that division because I worked pretty closely with her through the different junkets that we went to. I formed relationships with a lot of these different networks and like production houses and I basically had a pitch for her like hey I think you should start a division for Asian Americans and at the time this was like I want to say maybe like five years ago seven years ago okay she straight up told me that she didn't believe Asian Americans turned out to movies the same way that Black or Hispanic audiences did. Wow. Which was so crazy to me. And then a few years later, Crazy Rich Asians was like a big hit movie and started the gold open movement to promote Asian entertainers. 
Did she email the big producer woman back? I asked her that, and she said she didn't want to be petty, so no, she didn't. Uh, <laughs> I would have. But I told uh, her, who knows? Maybe this woman thought about that conversation years later. Or maybe not. <laughs> On to the next project. The industry has so much work to do. Yep. And in the news industry, we're seeing lots of Asian journalists talking openly about covering pain in their own communities following the fatal shootings in Atlanta. The rise in hate crimes since the pandemic began, underrepresentation of Asians in newsrooms. We're hearing more about the history of discrimination against Asian Americans in the U.S. too. Deep, heavy stuff that dates back decades. And you know what? It's on platforms like TikTok where people can keep speaking their truth. You know what? I am getting my phone charged up right now to get some videos going. Seriously, I'm inspired. If you're curious about the TikTok hype, Celestino says just go for it. Dip your toes in. What have you got to lose? Maybe TikTok is happening on TikTok Tuesdays in your house. Like on Tuesdays, get on TikTok for 15 minutes and just take a look at what people are creating. And if you get inspired to make something that sort of reflects those trends or the different types of content you're seeing, then make something. segment we're calling newsroom confessionals move the red curtain aside and enter the booth tell us about that one time at the morning news meeting or that one conversation with your editor it's okay your secret is safe with us hi i'm calling for the journalist confessional and i am a freelance journalist in the united states and 2020 really changed everything for me. I feel like I'm going to look back at my life and it's going to be like pre-2020 times and after 2020 times. And the storytelling and journalism I was doing for myself, like passion projects and covering the uprisings without assignments, just going to be there, all these things kind of led me to being discovered by national editors National editors are suddenly in my inbox talking about they've seen the work I'm doing and it interests them. And I got the biggest assignments of my life in 2020. But the thing, the things that I struggle with are monumental and that is trauma and that is representation in the industry. I mean, It's not a secret that journalism, hashtag like journalism so white, I never felt like my local journalism outlets, at least the mainstream ones, were giving me any kind of support. The huge disappointment for me is what what I feared would happen has happened. And there was a national zeitgeist over the summer that caused editors around the world to seek out black journalists and black storytellers and hear their perspectives, which is a good thing in my opinion. 
But guess what? I haven't heard a peep since. I haven't gotten any assignments. So many editors went right back to the same white, cis, straight people that are doing the reporting or just someone not from the region tokenizing people of color, black, brown, indigenous, queer people, any marginalized group. When you bring one in for a one-time story, that's almost just as bad as never featuring anyone. Tokenizing is just as toxic as ostracizing. So I don't see the point in editors reaching out to me over the summer if you're not gonna reach out to me again if the uprisings were a hot button, great headline for you, great, I'm happy for you. But I am back to struggling financially. I'm back to struggling mentally from the trauma that I inherited from not only the uprisings this year, but from covering protests and the Black Lives Matter movement for the past 10 years. And I'm tired, I'm so tired, we're all so tired. Black journalists just want to be paid for our work equitably and respected and represented without being tokenized. And I don't see what's so complicated about that. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Beyond the Newsroom is produced with support from PRX and the Google Podcast Creator Program. 